This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Amen. And uh, Pastor Jim said something that, that I just want to reiterate. He said, man, it's so important to connect. It's so important to connect. You said, I think you said that's probably the number one reason why people uh, don't stay at churches because they feel like they don't have that connection. Hey, uh, serving is a great way to connect. Um, doing something together in the church. In fact, Pastor Jim, I remember his, it's going to be about you today, Jim. <laughs> I remember when Jim started coming to COTR, when Jim started coming to Church on the Rock, we had just rented a couple of back holes and had dug a hole right where you're sitting. We had dug a hole about 16 feet deep. And it was just a big old hole, and we were setting foundations because, you know, the pastor got this idea that we would build a church with volunteers. What was he thinking? <laughs> but anyway, Jim came, and, and I remember setting up. That's how we got to know Big Jim. Is, uh, and, and, and he was like, oh, man, he was like 60 then, so he's probably 80. I mean, um, <laughs> uh, but... Jim, you know, Jim had never been to church, and it never, uh, Jim and his wife Mary received Christ, were water baptized, which we talked about uh, a little bit later, and get this, he was called to the ministry and has went to school in the Illinois district and has received his credentials as a pastor. I think we should give the Lord a hand for that. You just never know what happens when you come. You just never know the, the things that God is setting up. But serving, you might say, well, who can serve? If you're here for the very first time and you just want to connect and get to know people, I mean, it's not like we're going to like put you in charge of, a, of the children's ministry or anything like that if you came tonight. But if you're here the first time, you're like, man, I like this church. I like the people. I want to know some people. I want to uh, be a part of what's happening here. I just kind of feel that. You, how many believe that you can feel that the minute you come into a room? You just get that sense. Man, this is where I belong. If you get that sense, man, come tonight. It'll be very laid back. We'll just throw some things out that we're looking at doing together as a church. Amen? The scripture talks about the church being a body. Amen? Amen. And, and a lot of churches, only 20% of the body do anything in the church in the church world they say 20 percent of the people do everything in church but that's not the way it is here at cotr hey imagine if only 20 percent of your physical body functioned how, how do you think you'd do with that how, how do you think you'd do if if 20 percent of your physical body actually worked how many is glad that how many don't like it when your eyesight starts getting fuzzy Amen. That, that'd be like point zero zero one percent. All right. So so it's important that the body, everybody, you know, everybody's created uniquely. You are uniquely formed by the Lord and everybody has a place in God's kingdom. How many know you got a purpose today? Amen. Praise God. Well, we're in a series called God First Living. And it, it's the goal. It's our goal that, that this church would be passionate intimate worshipers of God Almighty. Amen? That's a value, and that's a purpose of COTR. And, and we believe, I believe that, that, that the first, one of the first things that you need to establish if you're going to be passionate worshipers of God, I believe that we need to know how to pray. And um, I, I've shared this story a few times, but guys, I was a pastor before I learned how to pray. You know, I didn't, I didn't ask to be a pastor. I didn't have ambitions or or set a course where, hey, my goal in life is to be a pastor. I was a welder in a rock quarry, and a church called up about an hour and a half away and, and said, hey, could you come do a revival? And just going and preaching one time, then they called me to come again. I went like three weeks in a row, then they didn't call me for a while. Well, actually, I told him, don't call me because I said, man, you guys are starting to want me to be your pastor. I'm an evangelist, is what I, is I told him. I said, well, I, I'm not wanting to preach anymore. But that church, I kept thinking about it, and I went back, and I began pastoring in that church. But you guys have heard me tell the story. I remember sitting in a brand-new church, a brand-new church, just built. There's a split. Imagine that, your first pastorate. Uh, a split in the church while they were building the church. They were like... 20-some people there was all that was left. 
And I remember going in in my office and sitting in a brand new church in my office, in my chair. And I only had like four books and a Bible, so I didn't have anything to put on the shelves. And they were empty. But I thought, well, you know, a pastor, if a pastor, what should a pastor do? And I said, well, a pastor ought to pray. So I headed out in the, in the sanctuary and, and I got down on some stairs and knelt down. And guys, I went to praying. It lasted about five to ten minutes. And then I was scratching my head thinking about other stuff going on through the day. And I, I, I didn't have the foggiest clue how to be, how to even pray. And, and you know, even to, to, be, to be a pastor, you know, I, I preached every living thing that I knew the very first month. So, so when, I look at, when I look at you all, and, and, I, and, and I, to me, all you need for God is a hunger for his word and a hunger just to know him. How many believe that if, if, if you want to know God, how many think that he wants to know you? The Bible says if you'll draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh, draw nigh to you. I believe that God is always, even with salvation, we're going to talk about receiving God's forgiveness. You know, today, Jesus talked about how he did everything he could in offering forgiveness, but we have to receive that forgiveness. God offers relationship to us, but we have to receive that relationship. And guys, listen, I believe that prayer is a discipline. If you want to write this down, uh, write down the three D's. If you want to look at your, your outline uh, and remember, I always put a bunch of scriptures in because uh, I want you to study throughout the week. And we may not hit all these scriptures today. And we may hit some that's not in there, okay? But it gives you a study guide. The three D's. When it comes to prayer, first, I think prayer starts with desire. How many know you got to have a desire? The proof of passion is in the pursuit. You know, there has to be some, there has to be enough passion in you for Christ that you at least want to put forth the effort. Anybody here say amen? amen. And you guys that, that diet or, or, or exercise or do anything, how many know that the second thing is it's a desire? The next thing, there has to be discipline. Guys, prayer is no different. Look at me and listen to this. Prayer is no different. Prayer is no different than physical exercise. You do not. You do not just jump up every day and say, oh boy, it's prayer time and I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving and joy and celebration and excitement. Guys, it doesn't work that day. You, you, you wake up and just like you don't want to go to the gym someday and if you're watching and you're trying to eat clean and you're like, you don't want to, how many know some days you don't want to eat clean? Some days you don't want to go to the gym, but you keep that discipline in place because you know the result that it'll bring. Amen. You, you know, there's one thing that Pastor Brian has learned to be disciplined in because I know that I can't make it without this discipline in my life. And that's why we talk about God first living. You know, I'm not against exercise and, and, and eating clean and all that stuff, but Paul, Paul even said that, 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 that bodily exercise profiteth little, but righteousness profiteth much. I'm for body exercise. I'm, I'm for keeping the body fit, but brothers and sisters, I believe it is first and foremost of importance to keep the spirit man fit. Are you all with me? Say amen. Keep the spirit man fit. But in keeping the spirit man fit, there not only has to be a desire, there has to be a discipline. But then you enter into the last D is delight. You enter into the rewards of your hard work. I know Alex said uh, that in his MMA fighting, did I do that right? This past week that you had like, what, 11 or 14 fights? Eight fights. He, he trains fighters for, for man, it's, it is incredible. I've been to these fights. It, it is amazing, uh, uh, the discipline and the hard work and how you chisel these guys and get them ready to succeed. But you got to enter into, how many, how many fights did you win out of the eight last night? That's good, isn't it? Probably not for you. Right? You probably I wanted eight wins. But, but guys, you, you enter into the delight by the hard work and what you've been putting. You, you enter into the delight of the win. How many is ready to start winning in your life? How many is ready to have some strength in your life? Amen. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Have you ever have you ever lost your just your passion for life, or or, or your motivation, or your 
has anybody ever lost that drive just for living where you're like man the humdrum of the day where, where, where you're not filled with vision and guys when we talk about vision vision doesn't necessarily just have to mean spiritual vision like what ministry are you doing for the lord vision can be like just what's the vision for your life what's the purpose what what is it that you're striving for and you're moving towards what is that what does that look like brothers and sisters vision listen not only spiritual vision vision but just physical vision vision for your company vision for your career vision and passion are born in prayer write this down vision and passion are born in prayer and they are only maintained through prayer prayer keeps your vitality prayer keeps your energy prayer keeps your strength and so what we've been doing is we've been talking about all right you convinced me i want to be a, pr a person of prayer and i challenged you last week to take 21 seconds and say our father say it with me our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver me from evil for thine is the kingdom thine is the power thine is the glory forever 21 seconds how many when you say that right now I wanted to stop at every part our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name everybody say praise everybody say praise amen everybody say praise you, you know, this morning, do you come to church and like, woohoo, it's praise time. No, that's why Psalms 100 says, let's make some noise. That's why when you go to the Chicago Bulls and the White Sox or the, or, or the Cubby game, there, there's always this, hey, let's make some noise. That's why when I went to the fights the other day, your fighter jumps up on the side and says, let's make some noise. It, it, it stirs things up. It stimulates us. Well, brothers and sisters, the Bible says in Psalms 100, on entering with praise, he says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's the new way that the secular world says, let's make some noise, amen, let's make some noise. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. And it says, enter his courts with thanksgiving and to his gates with praise. And it tells us, so we, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We're entering with praise. And remember we gave you those, you can get the tape and listen to it. We gave you seven ways that the Bible teaches on how we're to praise. And I won't go into that because that'll be five or six minutes if I do that. But then, and then we go into thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What is that P? We got praise. What is that P? What is that P? Praise. What's the second part of prayer? Pray, of prayer. Purpose. Everybody say purpose. Praise. You enter with praise. Thy kingdom come, thy will be. That's establishing kingdom purpose in your life. That's where you pray for yourself. You pray for your spouse. You pray for your kids. You say, Lord, your kingdom come in my life today. Remember we got into how many believe God has a kingdom plan with you for you? How many believe he has a kingdom plan for you, Jake? So, so your dad and mom are praying every day. They're saying, Lord, I lift Jake to you today. And Lord, I pray your kingdom come in Jake today. I pray he would be a young boy that knows God. I pray he'd be a young boy that has some standards in his life. You're establishing God's kingdom in your son. And, and, and using that beautiful family of, of Chad and Rachel, then Chad says, man, I pray for my wife. Lord, I pray that you would bless her today. I pray that everything you've envisioned for Rachel, that she would succeed and it would happen. Lord, I pray today that as she teaches, you homeschool, don't you? As you teach our children, I, I, I pray that you, she will teach them and, and they'll be able to take what she's learned and remember it and be good people in our community. So you just keep establishing. Then you get into, I pray for our church. I pray for leadership. Man, I pray Pastor Brian can preach the word from the Lord. You pray for your neighbors. Thy kingdom come. How many believe God wants your neighbors to be saved? How many believe God wants your neighbors to be saved? Do, do you know that, 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 that many times when you say, thy kingdom come, your will be done. If you, listen, you start praying for somebody at work, 
If you start praying for, if you get a mind's eye and you start praying for people that don't know Christ at work, and you start praying for your neighbors and your neighborhood. Guys, listen, if you don't hear anything else here this day, if you start doing that on thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If you're praying for, for, for your neighbors and people at your work, listen, you cannot pray for someone. I challenge you. I dare you to try this. I dare you to try this. You cannot pray for someone without God revealing something to you. How many believe God wants your neighbors to be saved and people, you know what, he'll come and tell you things like, when, when Jesus went at the woman at the well, when Jesus went and talked to, talked to the woman at the well, first of all, first of all, she was going to the well at noon because she tried going at the well early in the day, but everybody was mean to her. Everybody talked about her. Everybody whispered about her. They said things like, man, do you know what kind of womanizer this is? Man, you better be careful if that woman's around because she's got, went through five husbands and she'll get your husband. You better watch out for that woman to where the woman couldn't even go down to the well and draw water because she didn't want to deal with all the muck. Are y'all with me? Read it. She went at noon. But when she went at noon... Jesus knew that she was coming. The, 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 the Bible says it's so cool to go through all the different translations. But Jesus was like, I must need. King James says, I must needs go. Another one says, I need to go. Another one says, Jesus said, I have to go. We have to go through Samaria. Because where Jesus was going, there was a better route. But Jesus went all the way out and he timed it where he hit getting to that place at noon when that girl was there but listen when you pray for somebody listen when you pray for somebody everybody with me god shows you things jesus read her book what do you mean pastor when you say read her book it means jesus told her things that nobody should have known are you all with me jesus told her things that nobody should have known nobody told him can God do that to me? Absolutely. If you pray for your neighbors, God will give you insight on where they're hurting. God will give you the key that will open up their heart so they will come to Christ. Are you all with me on this? I, I'm telling you, I am passionate about this. This is how we become soul winners is praying for people. He, he'll come in and, and, and you'll have people coming in to, to practice, Alex, and God will just say, man, they had a horrible day today. And this happened to them. And here's what I want you to tell them. And this is the scripture. This is the, the, this is the, the, the method and this is the, the words that I want you to say to these people. How many have ever had that happen to you? How many have had that happen to you? Amen. See, that's partnering with God. But to me, all of that starts with thy kingdom come. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. I pray for thus and so at work. I'd like to just rip his head off. He drives me nuts. We pray for him, amen? Okay, and then last week was give us this day our, everybody say daily bread. Okay, that's provision. But we talked about not a physical provision. We talked about the provision of the word of God. Hey, how many believe it's important to know your word? Jesus was sustained. Guys, listen, when Jesus was in his toughest hour of temptation, when the devil came to him, amen, in his toughest day, guys, remember the devil is not omnipresent. Omnipresence where you can be everywhere at one time. The devil is not omnipresent. I'd be very surprised if the devil has come and visited any of you personally. He's got a bunch of demons, but you'd have to be pretty high scale. But Jesus was high scale. And the devil came to him, and the first thing he said is, if you are. When the enemy attacks, he always tries to get you to doubt who you are or what God thinks about you. How many would say amen to that? He tries to get you to question God's love for you, to get you to question something about it. But then Jesus said, it is written. If Jesus had to use God's word 
to sustain himself. How many believe that we need God's word to sustain us? The Bible says that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Do you remember that, that little illustration I gave last week about where, where God had told the Israelites that they were supposed to be out of Babylon a long time ago? They were, it, it was a prophecy in, from God. Hey, you're going to go to Babylonian captivity, but in 70 years, you're out of here. You're not supposed to, or, or, the, the captivity actually wasn't the 70, but the, when, when they were in captivity, Jesus, they, they were like looking at that. Well, the prophet got a hold of that, and he read the word of the Lord, and he's like, wait a second. And he did some calculations, and he said, we're not supposed to be here. And he just got up and walked out. The same thing that held him bondage and in slavery for years because he didn't know that he was supposed to be out of there. Brothers and sisters, get that revelation today. Get that revelation from the Lord today. Get the revelation from the Lord today that God has a good land for you. That God has places that you're supposed to be walking in and things you're to be enjoying. But because you don't know God's word for you, you're still in captivity. But the, when, the minute you know it, and the minute you begin to say, God, hey guys, it's important to pray God's word. The minute you start knowing God's word and praying God's word, that's when things begin to happen. Now listen, guys, to me there's no excuse, and I don't mean this bad, I'm not, I want my tone to be, there's no excuse, I, that's not my tone, okay? But to me, there is no excuse for ignorance in today's world. Man, the, you, you, if you're sick, if you're depressed, if you're discouraged, if you're having a relational problem, if you're having some parenting questions, guys, think when they didn't have things easy to get access to. I mean, there might be a little bit of Hey, I'm understanding to you. But not only is there a lot of information. Now, guys, there's some information. Listen, there's some information out there on the website that it isn't any good. You need to line it up with what God's word. Sometimes people will come tell me stuff, and I'm like, show me that in the word. Or somebody will take one scripture and make that scripture. But listen, there are good things on that internet. There are good things about how to get over fear. There are good things about how to... That, so, so there's, there, there's just not any excuse anymore, in my opinion, to be ignorant. Are y'all with me today? It gets back in. So, so that was give us this day. So we got, do it with me. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is that? Let's do it again. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we forgive our debtors. Pardon. On this one, I want you to put two things. I want you to put pardon and I want you to put people. Pardon and people. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you a little bit. I don't like the word pardon. Because the only reason I left it in there is because it's a P. And it makes it where everybody can remember it. I personally don't like it. Even some of you old, older ones that's been in church for a long time. How many you remember that song at Calvary? At Calvary. Mercy there, mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied for me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Anybody heard that song? Amen. I never like, now that I know God's word, I don't like pardon there was multiplied for me. It's more than pardon. Pardon means when the president pardons somebody, it means he did it, everybody knows he did it, but we're letting him off the hook. That's not the way it is with God. It's you did it, Christ bore it. It's not you're off the hook. It's justified and justification means just as if you never did it somebody give the word a, 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 you don't live with 
See, see, I grew up in a, I grew up in a small town of 4,500. In fact, I'm one of them. I'm one of them that I, I'm, I, I pastored in my home church or in my hometown. My second church was in my hometown. When I went to my hometown was 4,500. When I went to my second church, I took a church that had like 40 people and all of them were over 50 years old. The church was going to die. Okay? When I went there, I had a label on me. Brown the drunk. Brown the partier. Brown the wild man. Brown that that takes his truck and outruns the highway patrol and hides in a barn. Brown the this. There's a label. There's a label. Brown to this. Brown to this. And people hold to those labels and you're always that to them. And in a small town, it's hard to ever get out from underneath that label. But brothers and sisters, when you come to Christ, the labels are erased, the labels are torn up, they're thrown in the sea of forgetfulness, and it's just as if you've never done it. It's more than pardon. It's more than pardon. Amen? So that's a little bit on that. So you get to the, you get to the place. You get to the place in, the, in your prayer here. This is where you say, forgive us our debts. The, the only thing I want to say on that is, is I think everybody understands God's forgiveness. Is there anybody here that doesn't think God forgives and that stuff? I think everybody understands that. Where you get into, to, there's different issues under that that you can get into debate with, but I don't want to debate today. I just want everybody to be like God forgives. Amen. And how many, and, and this is important. I want to keep it simple. This is important. That Jesus has forgiven you and the, and the chastisement for your peace with God was on his back for all your past sins, present sins, and future sins. Are you all with me? That sin has been paid for in full. And no matter what you try to do, you can't add or take away from that. Okay? Your sins have been paid for in full. All right? So... Let's get to the second part, people. In in pardon, listen to me. In pardon, if you do need to say, you know, Lord, I just ask you to forgive me for this. If you need to do that, go for it. If you need to air some laundry and air some things you're feeling guilty about and air some things you're upset about, air it. Tell God, man, Lord, I screwed up. I screwed up. It's good to do that. But Church on the Rock, I want you to be more forgiveness. Listen, I want you to be more forgiveness conscious than sin conscious. I think we focus too much on our screw ups. And we need to focus more on his righteousness. And what he did. And who I am in him. And call your, don't call yourself an old dirty sinner that's always saying, oh, search me, Lord, and show me all my wrongs. We already know our wrongs. We already feel the, the weight of that. Don't spend too much time, listen, don't spend too much time telling God how a horrible person you are and a horrible sinner you are. Spend your time at the forgiveness saying, Lord, I thank you that I'm forgiven. I thank you that grace teaches me to deny ungodliness. And guys, I challenged you with that Titus the other day. Guys, I'm giving you practical things the other day. I challenged you with Titus chapter 2 to go read that. But there's a place that says grace teaches you to deny ungodliness. I dare you. I'm daring you again today. I dare you in the moment of temptation... That you say, right now, I'm not going into that temptation because grace teaches me to deny ungodliness. And I'm going to think about God's love and I'm going to think, guys, you can't think about his forgiveness and his love and just go, oh boy, I'll just go sin now that I know all about that. If you get a revelation of God's love, that will change you more than trying to say, I'm going to keep these laws. The law can't set you free. Seeing God's grace is what sets you free. Brothers and sisters, 
Have you done that this week? Is Pastor Brian tempted? I want everyone to look at me, and you can even amplify it on the CD. Yes! Just like you are. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that every man is tempted when... Uh, 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 somebody find 1 Corinthians 10, 13. James 1, and t- help me out for a minute. James 1 says every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Every man's tempted. No temptation taken upon you is not common. No, it's common unto all men. But listen, God makes a way of escape. Next week, we're going to talk about God's protection and the way of escape. Next week, we're going to talk about protection. Hey, guys, how many it would interest you if you knew somebody that had an encounter with death and was seeing the other side? How many would like to hear a story like that? The guy's here today, and he's going to give his testimony next week at COTR when we're talking about protection. Okay? But we're going to talk about that next week. But, but guys, on temptation, on, on temptation, rewinding, we rewind a little bit. I'm challenging you in the time of temptation. I'm challenging you when you're saying, God, forgive me. I'm challenging you. Don't sit and look at your sin. And, and, and here's another thing that bothers me about Christianity. It's like they teach you, oh, you've got to have so much sorrow and so much Oh, you got to feel so horrible before you can get free. I'm sorry, that's not the way it works for me. To see how horrible and pathetic I can feel. That you got to feel so horrible about. But I start thinking who I am in Christ, that I'm, that I'm righteous. And then, guys, this week, I had times of temptation. Temptation just means a strong desire to do something you know God doesn't want you to do. It could be blowing your mouth out. It could be having road rage. It could, I mean, whatever it is. It's a strong desire. But let me tell you this. Everybody's like this. Oh, that temptation just overtook me. I couldn't do anything about it. Hogwash. You got time, man. You got time. Usually when temptation's hitting you, you've got choice time there. I challenge you. I dare you to say, grace teaches me. Write it down. Grace teaches me to deny ungodliness. See, you're quoting God's word. When you're being tempted, you're being sustained by the word. Grace teaches me. to, de- and, and everything is crying out to you that you want to fulfill this passion. But I, grace teaches me to deny this passion, to deny this thought, to deny this action. Are y'all with me? I use it all the time. It it, it sets me free nine times out of ten. I'm not saying I'm perfect. It sets me free. You don't want to be free? Listen to what a teacher's telling you. Say grace teaches you to deny. I challenge you to do that. Some of you that really want to do that, okay? And then when you're in your prayer time on pardon, you're not spending too much time on it. You're just saying, man, I thank you. I'm righteous in you. I'm not an old sinner. And I, where I just have to air all my dirty laundry. Here's the only thing I'll give you on that. Here's the only thing I'll give you on that. Is if you're just sinning and you don't even give a flip about it, then you do need to ask God to give you a heart of repentance. And 2 Timothy chapter 2 talks about that. Where you re- if you read the end of 2 Timothy chapter 2, you will see that. Okay? And you need to ask God, Lord, let me be upset. Hey, guys, here's how the prophet said it in the Old Testament. The prophet said it like this. He said, man, I forgot how to blush. How many of you, certain things that you knew were wrong when you did it, man, you were embarrassed and you were blushing. But if you just keep doing the same old thing and you don't care, you'll get to where you don't blush anymore. And guys, listen to me. That is what the media, and that is what television, a lot of television, and a lot of media has gotten the church where we do not blush anymore. 
and, 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 we, and the things that we know are against God and against His Word, we're accepting of it, and we're not only accepting of it, we don't even hardly notice it anymore. That's alarming. Are y'all with me? The second thing is forgive it. You ask them for forgiveness from the Lord. The second thing is forgiving others. And guys, there's three scriptures. Let me just tell you. Write them down. You don't have these in yours because I changed a lot of this sermon this morning. Okay? Matthew 16, 14 through 15. We won't go through it. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Mark 11, if you guys want to flip through them, you can. Mark 11, 25, and 26. And Matthew 18, 35. Let's stay on that one right there, Matthew 6, 15. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Hey, to me, if the Bible says it two or three times, how many think you need to pay pretty close attention? Okay, I've given you three or four scriptures where it's really clear. In fact, Jesus even went in on that Matthew 18. If you want to read Matthew 18, 21 through the end of the chapter, what that story is about is this judge that forgave a guy of a million bucks, forgave him of a million dollar debt, and then he went out and found a guy that owed him 34 bucks. And he stuck his arms in anger around the guy's neck and said, You pay me what you owe me and you pay it now. And the guy's like, Man, I can't pay it. I can't pay it. I got kids. I got stuff. He put him in prison. Well, the king find out about it. And he said, I forgave Joe Blow of a million bucks. And he won't forgive his neighbor of 34 bucks. You go drag that buddy, you go drag his tail back in prison. And don't only put him in prison, put the tormentors on him. And then you have that famous scripture, Matthew 18, 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do to you if you won't forgive your brother's trespasses. Are you all with me? How many believe that forgiving your brothers is important? We, we have to do that. We have to do that. How many times do you forgive? Matthew 18. Matthew 18, 21, and 22. How many times do you forgive? How many would you guys guess? If, if you didn't know the word, if, say you don't know the Bible, and you don't know the scripture, how many times do you think would be pretty fair to forgive someone? Shoot me out some numbers. Huh? How, 20? Two or three? How many say I forgive your moisture out of my head? Are you all with me? Now then, you guys that know your word, Jesus said, forgive how many times? 490 times how often? A day. A day. Hey, guys, you remember me telling you that story about that old boy, that old boy down in the foothills of... Arkansas, our first church I pastored, where I said that if you did him wrong, he stuck a tombstone up. How many remember that? How many remember me telling that? There, there's this old timer down there in, in, in Arkansas. If you did him wrong, if you did him wrong, he would go get a piece of wood and he would engrave your name on it and stick it in his front yard and as a graveyard and say, you are dead to me. All right? Yeah, me and my dad were talking about that a couple a week ago. How many remember when my dad was here? Um, I, I forget stories, but I told you my dad. My dad said, "No, Brian, that was you." And I said, "Me?" And he said, "Yeah, you." When you saw that, guys, I'm not making this up. I, this just hit me. I I had seen that, and when I was praying the Lord's prayer. I said, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As a, remember the boy that didn't know how to pray? I remember it now. I called that man's name out. I said, Lord, that guy that's got the tombstones in his yard, Lord, I pray you'd help me to, that he would come to the Lord. I remember it after my dad told me. I forget stories. You know what I did? The Lord spoke to me. I remember it now. Dun, 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 dun. I remember it now. I remember the story. I remember get. I remember the Lord saying, "Get in your pickup and go up 
and invite him to church. And dad was telling me this story. That, and dad said, you got in your pickup, went up, invited him to church. And the man said, I will come because I've been living in so many places that I've never been asked to church. I will come. And my dad told me, because I forgot the story, this man, he said, son, he got saved in your church and water baptized. Okay? It, guys, that goes clear back. The, the, these things I'm telling you it isn't just to be telling you. I, I want to tell you another one on the, on the, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. One day I was working in my garage. I built a little um, 18 by 20 garage. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. One of my guys in, his, in our church, his name was Clell. Uh, he, he had a, an L, a nail gun with air. That was pretty cool in the 80s, you know, 88 or low 90s. I, I remember, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but I remember Carl, Carl, he was a, he was a high, he, he, he worked, uh, drove big equipment. Carl was helping me build this uh, garage, and um, I, he goes, here, use my new nail gun. And I was like, cool, I'll use this. Scott, you'll get kicked out of this. Use my new nail gun. Um, and I remember sticking it up because you got to get the safety off. And I pulled back, and this 16-penny nail comes flying out of that and sticks right in his arm and starts going ding, ding. And all he said was, ow. <laughs> but, but he, and we pulled the nail out and built the rest of the shit. But anyway... <laughs> Don't get me going on stories. All these stories are filling my head right now. Hey, did I tell you the time we were doctoring pigs? No, I won't tell you that one. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, um, one day I was praying in that shed, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, get in your pickup. I was praying for our church. And the Lord said, get in your pickup and go to thus and so's home right now. Quit building this garage. Go to their home right now. I felt an urgency. And so I got in my pickup, and I started down the road to this guy's house. And when I went down, I knew it was urgent. And I had it nailed down to this guy, either something with alcoholism or adultery. I knew it was big. And I'm 19 years old. And I remember stopping there. And when I went up to the front door, I didn't even knock on the door. It was just a screen. It was just a screen. And I, and I went up, and I started to knock, and I just heard, come on in. And in the corner, this guy was standing in the corner like this, and the wife had her face on the table and was weeping. And I stood in the front of that house, and I said, I was working in my shop. And the Lord spoke to me and said to come. And I know that, and then he told me what happened. I know that there has been infidelity in this marriage. And I have come to bring the word of the Lord and to bring restoration and to bring healing. And guys, before we left that day, we took wedding rings off and made brand new wedding vows and exchanges. And this guy's actually a pastor with his wife now. Okay. I'm glad these are on tape. I'm glad these are on tape because they're true stories. They can be checked out. You know when that started? Lord, thy kingdom come. Your will be done. That's where that came. Are you all with me? Hey, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Write this down real quick. You are going to be offended every day. You're going to be offended. People are going to torque you off, period. All right? They're going to torque you off. All right? This came from Larry Lee. Some of you that's been with me, you guys have heard this. When, when an offense comes, guys, this works. I use this. Pastor Brian uses this. When an offense comes, when you're upset with someone, don't curse them. Don't curse it. Curse. Don't curse it. Hey, guys, when I was studying this, and I want to get into this, but when, when, Jesus, when Jesus taught 
hey guys, when Jesus taught, he, he, he said, it's been said unto you, thou shalt not commit adultery. But he said, but I say unto you, if you even look. See, everybody says, oh, you start preaching grace, everybody will sin more, and you're lightening it up on everybody. No, actually, it's harder. Jesus, the law said, if you commit adultery, Jesus said, if you even look. And then, and then he said this, the law says, do not murder. Jesus said, if you, if you say raka, in other words, if you say idiot, and then he said, and then he took it a little further, and then he said, if you call someone a fool, he said, you're in danger of hellfire. So what Jesus did is he took the law, and he even amped it up even more to where everybody was like, oh my gosh, I can't do the law. Yeah, that's right, you can't do the law. And grace came. That's why John chapter 1, 17, it says that, the, that, that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, so all, gee, no one can keep the laws. You're going to sin. That, that, that's why, and even trying to, when I was back on asking God to forgive you, what if, you, if you're in the confession, what if you forget one? What if you're doing you don't even know it? I'm telling you, we got to get to the place where we understand that we are under a waterfall of forgiveness. That there's a continual waterfall. And then when we understand that forgiveness, we give it to others freely. And when things happen, we do not curse it. We do not nurse it. Oh, poor me. We do not nurse it. We do not rehearse it. But we disperse it. And God reverses it. Don't curse it. Don't curse your brother. Don't say, the freaking idiot. Don't say that. Hey, I'm keeping it real, because you all do that. Don't say idiot. Don't say that fool. Fool. Man, mess with me, bring that pain to me. He's dead to me. Well, you're dead to God's forgiveness then. Guys, don't curse people. Hey, you guys that start judging me, don't curse me. Don't start critiquing me and saying everything that you think I'm not. Don't put your words on me. Don't curse me. Don't get poor me. Not everything bad happens to me. Wah, 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 wah. You can't do that. Guys, it's, it's going to happen to us. Don't rehearse it. You, you know, I felt the Lord say this to me. If we modeled God's forgiveness, God can remember he chose not to. What if God kept rehearsing over and over in his mind what you do? What if God said, I forgive you, but yet he just keeps thinking about it? What if God says, I forgive you, now I'm remembering, I'm labeling you. What if God, hey, what if God said, hey, angels, come on over here. See that fool down there? Well, what if he trash-talked us? What if he cursed us? What, 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 if, what if he doesn't thank you? What if, what if he does this? What if God says, you know what? I'm going to let him suffer and sigh a little bit because you know what? He deserves it. Let him, let him hurt. He brought it on himself. God doesn't allow, what if God says, I'm not going to allow you to stay in my thoughts? What if it brought joy to God to see you struggling and failing? God spoke that to me this morning. He said, T tell that. How many think God doesn't do that? Hey, guys, listen. When, when you keep things alive is when you keep the thoughts happening. When you forgive, guys, listen. I, here, here's the deal. is people want things handed to them on a golden platter. When you, dis, hey, forgiveness is an act of the will. It is not an emotion. 
You have to tell your mind, and we're going to get on this next week. Mind, you're not rehearsing this anymore. You have to tell your mind, thoughts, we're not thinking about this anymore. Oh, this was done to me. Quit nursing it. Quit going over it, over and over and over and over in your head. Guys, you cannot move forward as long as you're going over it in your head. You can't. But you have to, you, I look at it as, as getting pulled back in. I want to move on in some things. Are y'all with me? Here's the other thing. You cannot, don't, don't tell me you forgive somebody if any time their name comes up, you get a lot of joy knowing they're not doing very good. And, and when something comes up, listen, when something comes up to where you can just jump on that person, wrap your legs around him and start choking the life out of it, oh, but you're the Christian that's forgiven, but somebody says something negative about that person, and you jump on board of that so quick your head spins. You haven't forgiven. And I'm telling you, that is damaging. Oh, I heard this about... You're sitting here trying to get forgiveness and move on, and then Jobo comes up and starts dumping his trash in your head. But you are like, oh boy, this is my chance to really let him have it. This is my chance to let my hurt talk. This is my chance to trash talk. Are y'all with me? This is good preaching, by the way. And you know what? This will set some of you free. Because the fact of the matter is some of you is playing church games. By thinking you're so pious and religious walking around and you're walking around and you stir things up and you jump on you keep things guys why do you keep things alive that should be dead and we're moving on mike told me the lord gave him a message what's the name of that message the lord gave you about don't dump in me or something don't you told it to me before you went on vacation you said don't don't come and dump in my mind your something. You don't remember that, Mike? Really? I told you how good that one is. Well, I'm going to preach that right now. The Lord gave Mike a message and he said, hey, I'm not your dumping grounds. Don't come and back your pickup truck up with all your garbage and dump it in my life. Are you all with me? Guys, it's a beautiful thing. The Bible says in Romans that all good, everything works for good to them that are called by God. For all things work together for good to those that love God and are called to his purpose. I'm closing with this. It's a, it's a, I'm going to hit reality here. It's a beautiful thing when two people love God and they had a strong confrontation, but they love God and they got through it, I'm here to tell you they will be better friends than they ever were before. Because God's way is if there's something real ugly that happens, if people love him and they give forgiveness and they're called to his purposes, God makes it, listen, to where you're almost like, I'm glad that happened because I love them deeper than I ever knew how to love. Okay, that, that's the way God wants things to work out. So if you're sitting here today and say, man, I've been hurt and... I've got this relation thing. I'm going to let it go today. If they've got the same heart you do, it can be more glorious than ever. But here's the fact of the matter. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. And I'm not telling you when you forgive people that you go, I, I am saying that, say you got a father you haven't talked to in a long time, send him pictures of your kids. Um, let them know that you're thinking about them. It may not be come over for Christmas, but at least say I'm thinking about you, Dad. I'm not telling you to stay in something that's toxic, that continually just keeps tearing you down. I am telling you to you got to forgive and let go. But even with God, everything has been done for relationship to be restored with mankind for everybody. How many know God has done everything he can? 
He set the table for relationship to be restored with all mankind. Is relationships restored with all mankind? And is God chummy, chummy, buddy, buddy with everybody? No. He only enters into relationship to people that responded, responds to his forgiveness and his relationship. I'm telling you, as Christians, we duplicate that model. And we do everything we can to give that person an opportunity to repent and come back in relationship. We set the table. We're expecting them to come. How many believe God's got the table? Musicians, I'm ready for you anytime. How many know that God's got the table set and he's waiting for you to come? I think that's what we do with forgiveness. It's my opinion. Okay? Praise God. We're done. I actually had another point, but we'll have hit another day. Praise God. Father, in Jesus' name. I want everybody just to, con just to thank God for his forgiveness. Amen. Thank God for his forgiveness. By the way, that last one in your fill-in is, how does that read, that last one? A part of forgiveness you may not have considered. That one is forgiving yourself. And I really wished we had time on that one. To me, that was the biggest, biggest one, really. To me, God's forgiveness and even forgiving others, I think the toughest one's forgiving yourself personally. Maybe we'll hit it next week. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But Father, let's thank God for his forgiveness today. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your forgiveness. Is anyone here today with every head bowed and eyes closed that you know that God's forgiveness, that his grace, that his death on the cross was for you, but you've never received his forgiveness? I mean, he, he's laid the table and he, he's made everything where you can come to him, where he can come into your life and you can be in relationship. He's done everything and you even believe in that and know it, but you've not received his forgiveness. You've not received his invitation to live life together in relationship. Would you lift up your hand? I want to pray with you today. I won't embarrass you. All across this room, if you want to receive God's forgiveness today, lift up your hand. I see that hand. Amen, I see that hand. God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. Amen, I know you're serious. You're very serious today. Anybody else today? I see that hand. Amen. I see your hand. Anybody else? God bless you, sister. Amen, I know our church pretty well. About four of you just need assurance. You just maybe feel guilty or ashamed or condemned. But there's three of you that I know that this is maybe the first time you've raised your hand ever or maybe in a long time. But I want to pray with you right now. And you can leave different than when you came. Church on the Rock, I am like jumping backflips in my heart today. Because people are coming to Christ today. Amen. Before we go on, is anybody else, I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to say it with me. Does anybody else want to do that? Just lift your hand up and let me know. Does anybody else want to do that? You guys that raised your hand, say this. Say, dear Jesus. Church, pray it with me so they don't feel like they're doing it alone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I thank you for your death and your resurrection. And I believe in that. Today, Jesus, you spoke into my heart. And I need to receive your forgiveness. I'm living in guilt. I'm living in condemnation. I know I'm not at peace with you. 
and I'm not where I need to be. But today, I see that, and I want to respond to that. I respond to your invitation. It's not from Pastor Brian, but I respond to your invitation, Jesus. Stop praying just for a minute. God wants me to tell you he loves you so much. You that prayed that prayer, he loves you so much. That when you prayed that, he, forget, he not only forgives you, he forgets about it. And right now, I, there is something supernatural happening inside of you that you'll never be the same after today. Right now, things are being set straight, and there's a weight and a burden is being lifted off of you. Now let's go on with the prayer. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. And from this day forward, I'll seek you. And I want to put you first. In your name, amen. Church on the Rock, give the Lord a hand clap. If you prayed that prayer, you can stay um, where nobody knows. It can be between you and the Lord. If I did that, I, I probably wouldn't come running up and say, hey, I did that. But some do do that. Some are, feel good about that, and I wouldn't make a fun of that. Some are like, yeah, I did that, and I want everybody to know. If you did that prayer and you want everybody to know, lift up your hand. I did that, and I want, well, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I guess I'm wild back. <laughs> Amen. Give me a little hand clap. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. The Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven when people come to the Lord. Amen. Um, you that did that right in front of you in your seats, there's a card that says something. What's it say? New to faith. If you want to grab one of those and write your name on it and say and check what you did today, uh, Mike. And Pastor Jim will be over here in the corner, and you can just take that over to them, and they'll rejoice with you. Just right over here in front of the piano. And, uh, hey, guys, there's a baptism coming. Amen? Amen. Hey, another, another thing on baptism. Side note. Side note. Side note. Is, guys, we have something very exciting that's happened to us as a church. We're Assemblies of God is our covering. Okay, we've been what's called a missions church because we, this church was planted. In other words, um, the district is, our, is truly our board and our council up to this point. And we do have an advisory council, but if they wanted to, they could say, hey, this is our board, these are the decisions you're going to make, because we're not autonomous. Autonomous means self-governing. Help me out. Self-governing. Self-governing, okay. Get, guys, get this. We... After 15 years of planting this church, we finally got to a place, October, September, the 21. We, the district's coming up, and we're going to be an autonomous church, our, our own church. Yeah, praise God, amen. We're gonna, and what that means is Assembly of God is like a non-denomination, and what that means is they were a whole bunch of churches that were autonomous, self-governing churches, and they all came, they, it's called a voluntary cooperative fellowship. In other words, a bunch of autonomous churches voluntarily fellowship with each other. But we're our own church, starting the 25th. Is that not cool? But anyway, so, so like, Oliver, you've been with us from almost day one. you got to bear with me one more time. But we have to set an official membership because by law, you have to have a membership if you're autonomous. It's a law. It's not an Assembly of God thing. So, guys, we are going to have like three. You're, in September, you're going to start hearing about membership. And what membership does is it lets you vote. Noreen, can you pull it off the top of your head what membership does or no? Probably not. Basically, to be a member, it means that you get to vote on large purchases. Like, for instance, we're going to have a state-of-the-art playground, hopefully, next spring out there. 
with a pavilion, a playground. Someday I want to have a splash thing out there with state-of-the-art playground, uh, volleyball, basketball court. Okay, that would be something we'd bring the membership together and say, hey, guys, let's vote on this. Let's, do we want to do this, like, $100,000 project? The other thing is you vote on me. If, if you're like, man, I'm tired of him. Let's get a new guy in here. You can throw me out and get you a new one. Uh, <laughs> and then the other thing is, um, huh? And, and, oh, and then you vote on who's on the board or the council. So if you're interested in that, uh, we're going to need you to be a member to, to do that. doesn't mean you can't come to church, but if you want to be a member, you're going to hear about some classes coming up on that. And, um, but one of the questions, again, I'm not going to major on this, but we'd like to know that everybody's water baptized. It'll say, are you saved? Are you water baptized when you're filling it out? So if you haven't been water baptized, be a great time to be water baptized coming up. Amen? Amen. One more thing before we let you all loose today is I want to challenge you that if you're harboring unforgiveness towards anybody, that you've heard the word today, and you're going to start walking out and letting that go. Amen? We're going to get a hold of our thoughts. We're not going to trash talk. We're going to bless, and we're not going to curse, and we're not going to nurse and rehearse. But we're going to disperse so God can reverse. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, prayer team, you guys come up. We've got people that's looking forward to praying for you. If you have been given uh, that, that you're sick or you need prayer of agreement on anything you're going through, if you're having a heavy heart today and you just want people to love on you, prayer team, come up. God bless you. It takes a lot of courage to come pray. The altars are open. God bless you as you go. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.